everybody. I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, June 23rd, 2021. Do me a solid and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tap the notification bell. Share a video. It's no skin off your back. Sure, you're going to freak out your blue and on cousin, but try it. See what happens. Uh, guys, this is a big week. Before I get into the specifics of today's show, uh, I want to tease an interview that I will be doing on Friday. You may have heard of this guy. Uh, he is the uh, former president of the United States, an orange man, uh, a man who fought the media, had some big wins, had some tough losses, uh, has an undetermined future. That's right. I am interviewing former president Donald J. Trump on Friday. Um, we've been going back and forth with his team. I gotta tell you, they're actually pretty great and they've made it clear that really nothing is off limits. Uh, so we shall see what happens. Obviously, I've got a couple ideas and uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best I can to try to cover some new ground and not just do all the rehash stuff. But I'm obviously extremely excited about this. We're doing this on Friday, and I normally don't do this. I don't think I've ever done this actually in the I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of interviews that I've ever done. Uh, but we will take one question in advance from the audience. I never go out and ask the audience. I see a lot of interviewers do this and I always find it kind of cheap. Like, what do you want me to ask this person? It's like, do your job, right? Like, you know, that's just part of the job as an interviewer, knowing what questions to ask. Uh, but I will take one question from our locals community. So you can go ahead right now and submit a question for President uh, Donald J. Trump at rubenreport.locals.com. His guys, as I said, have made it clear that nothing's off limits. We can talk about anything. I don't know that everything we talk about can be put on YouTube, so we'll have to deal with that. And again, that is why I started that tech company over there. Uh, but we're gonna try to do a little bit of everything and, and see what happens. So that is happening on Friday. I'm obviously super psyched and uh, I will discuss with my team what is the best way to approach such an interview in a time of political chaos and ridiculous censorship. Uh, guys, we got three stories for you today. Uh, first off, you know, I keep talking about how the Democrats are really here at this point to destroy everything. When you think about the Democrats, you have to now know they're not your parents' Democrats, and they're certainly not your grandparents' Democrats. They're basically socialists, collectivists, and Marxists. They believe that the government should pretty much do everything, and if you can't get everything done by your state government, then yeah, you hand it over to the federal government, which is the reverse of how the United States is supposed to operate. We're supposed to be a collection of states that make some decisions, and then you know some of the really important stuff, say like borders and things like that and defense are handed over to the feds. But the Democrats now are talking about a federal takeover of elections, uh, which again, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's completely against the Constitution of the United States, and I think there will be all sorts of legal battles, but they're trying to do it, and they know that they get almost no pushback because, you know, mainstream media, corporate press, as Michael Malice says, is basically their, their tag team partner in this. So, you know, one of the things that Donald J. Trump knew about was that it's not just Republicans fighting Democrats, it's Republicans, or let's say conservatives, whatever you want to call it, fighting Democrats, liberals, lefties, and the corporate press. So they've got a tag team 
duo over here fighting one guy over here. There's an asymmetry over there. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that. Then uh, we're gonna go down the, the woke the woke road, it never stops, it never stops. The Emmys, which are the yearly TV awards for the best actors, the best writers, you know, these people who are better than us, who we give all our money to and then they tell us how horrible we are. Well, the Emmys is no longer gonna be giving out awards based on gender because tolerance, diversity, something like that, they're only gonna be giving out performer now. It won't be about actor or actress anymore because obviously this is gonna lead us to being a much better country and more tolerant people. Uh, and then finally, on the really interesting side of the woke thing right now, you know, the Emmys, I was just sort of throwing it there because it's like nobody even cares about the Emmys anymore. You know, the ratings just keep tanking and tanking like the Oscars and NBA, all of these things keep tanking and tanking the more they go woke and yet they keep using that as fuel to go even more woke, like they're trying to drown themselves or something. But a, a rare counter to that, uh, you may remember a couple weeks ago, this story was blowing up online how Coca-Cola was going with all of these crazy woke policies and diversity and inclusion, and they were, they were gonna have basically racial quotas and gender and sexuality quotas related to the people that they hire and the companies they would work with and all that. Well, you're not gonna believe this, but some of that turns out to be against the law, so they're actually reversing it. So I guess they're deciding that, you know, they were going all in on everybody's racist, and then, and then the lawyers were like, uh, guys, no, that's a problem because you can't hire people based on the color of their skin. That's sort of what the old racists wanted to do. It's a little more, I know you're calling everybody Nazis all the time, but that's a little more Nazi-like. So anyway, we're gonna get into all of that. And again, if you wanna submit a question for President Trump, rubenreport.locals.com. And guys, before I do anything else, I wanna to talk to you about Bonner Private Wine, guys. You know, next time you grill up a couple of steaks, pop open a bottle of extreme altitude Malbec wine. I'm holding one in my hand right now. It comes from these remote vineyards in Argentina located up at around 9,000 feet. When these vintners aren't making wine, they're herding cattle so they know meat, they know barbecue, and that's exactly what these Malbecs are for. As soon as you open the bottle, you're gonna experience delicious notes of blackberry leather, smoke, and a little dark cherry. You're also gonna get less sugar, less chemicals, and less additives, and 10 times more resveratrol, which is a powerful longevity booster. If I'm not mistaken, Barbara Walters used to bathe in resveratrol. That's what was keeping her young. And yes, I do bust out the, uh, the Malbec whenever I'm making one of my ribeyes that you guys see over at Locals. Uh, the guys over at freethinkerwine.com got a special shipment of these wines in, and they've got one Malbec from the third highest vineyard in the world, almost 9,000 feet. Visit freethinkerwine.com today and you'll get 50% off the wine and 50% off shipping. This is a small batch and it's gonna go fast, so visit freethinkerwine.com. That's freethinkerwine.com. And now back to me. You know, one of the nice things about certain sponsors is when they've got a great product, uh, you get a lot of messages after and people are sending me uh, pictures, drinking wine, eating steaks, all that good stuff. And I, and I love seeing that because that means we've got, you know, uh, partners on this show that are doing good for you guys too, and it's sort of win-win for everybody, beautiful thing. Okay, uh, so let's talk about this uh, election situation. So there was a question asked of Jen Psaki. Now I know her name is, uh, it's a silent P. It's actually Jen Psaki, from what I'm told. I've been saying Jen Psaki this whole time. I kinda like it at this point, and I think I'm just gonna keep doing it. 
So there we go. That's, that's how we're going to do it around here. Uh, she is the White House press secretary. This woman is completely incapable of saying anything even remotely close to honest. And, you know, look, you're a press secretary. It's your job to just, like, spew bullshit. That's pretty much what your job is, right? There's, like, some level of truth that's happening in reality related to the administration and the president and the decisions and all that. And then there's people asking you questions in the press. And even though they're Democrats, so they're getting softball questions for the most part. She has to act basically as the force field, right? So her job is to just like stop truth from getting to, you know, stop the journalists who want real information from getting the truth. So she's acting as the force field of the truth. And this woman just babbles on and on and on and rarely says anything of value. And when she does say something that sounds like sort of an actual statement, uh, it's usually the reverse of the truth. Well, right now, one of the things that the Democrats are pushing is this idea that we should have the federal government in charge of elections. This is against the Constitution, it is against the way the government was set up. States are supposed to decide what their laws are related to elections, that's the way it's always been, that's the way it should be. You don't want the giant machine telling us all what to do, I, I don't, you know, if you don't get that at this point, like if you're walking around, if there's someone in the United States walking around going, yes, that giant federal government machine, it's doing so much good stuff. If it could only have more money and control more parts of my life and it could only manage our elections and everything else, like you gotta see a doctor, like see a therapist at that point if you're walking around thinking that. Well, anyway, of course, the Democrats want to get the power out of the states and they want the federal government to take over all the elections. Do you think this is possibly because they want to ensure that they win all the elections, or is it really because they're so worried about what's happening at a state level? And by the way, I'm gonna give you some specifics about some of these laws that they keep saying are racist and everything else. Anyway, Jen Psaki was asked about this, and you're not gonna believe it, guys. She managed to blame the January 6th insurrection. On, on voting rights here. Um, yesterday you said that there's more work to be done. Uh, among that is including engaging state legislatures. But the problems, as Democrats at least see it, is not problems in blue state state legislatures. It's Republican-controlled states where many of these decisions are already being made. So what leverage do you actually have and what realistically do you think you can accomplish in some of these, these red states? Well, first, I think uh, the point we've been making is that it's part of federal approach that is needed. And I think it's important to re remember why we're at this point. Um, state legislatures, as you referenced, across the country are passing a wave of anti-voter laws based on the same repeatedly disproven lies that led to an assault on our nation's capital. They are putting these laws in place because they did not like the outcome and they've continued to perpetuate a lie about the outcome of the election. That's why we're here. Uh, what the president and what the vice president will do is engage with voting rights groups, engage with legislatures who are supportive of expanding access to voting around the country. Yes, there are, even in red states, there are many Democratic legislators or legislators who want to expand that access, empower them, work with them, uh, support them in these efforts, and continue to fight to get legislation across the finish line on the federal level. Uh, so this fight is not over. Uh, no matter the outcome today, it is going to continue. Okay, a lot of words there by Ms. Pasaki, but not a lot of information. She did say two things that I thought were interesting. She state, said that state legislatures are passing anti-voting laws. And this is the meme that we're getting from corporate press, that somehow in Republican states, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, you know, the scary states, um, that they're passing laws, Georgia, to stop 
uh, people from being able to vote, and that is somehow done in the name of racism or something like that. Now, notice she never mentions any of the specifics in the bills. So I'm gonna get to some of the specifics in some of these bills. A lot of this is around the new bill that was just passed, SB 202 in Georgia. I'll give you some of the specifics, and you can decide for yourself if it's about stopping people from legitimately voting or not. Um, she also linked this, by linking it to January 6th, she's saying they're perpetuating the lie that the election was rigged or something to that effect. These are the very same people who for four years told us that Donald Trump was a fraudulent president, that Russia hacked our election, that Ukraine did something, and actually that had far more to do with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden than anything related to the Trump family. So these people, they lie, and then they tell you that you're the liar. This this is a big problem. There is a still right now a tweet up from Hillary Clinton claiming that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president, right? So we had four years of you guys doing all this nonsense, but now they see an opportunity because they feel they have enough power in the Senate with the tiebreaker through Kamala. They feel that they can actually just completely nationalize and federalize the election. And trust me, trust me, they're not doing it because they want more people to vote fairly. They're doing it because they want to ensure that they will always win, that they will make sure that as many illegals vote, as many people who don't have IDs can do all sorts of fraudulent stuff and everything else. Why else would you not want someone to have an ID to vote? But let's listen to what the folks at The Daily Wire said about this, and then I will tell you some of the things in the bill itself because I give you information around here as opposed to these dingbats like Pisaki. Uh, the legislation seeks, and this is the Georgia legislation, seeks to tighten up elections and reduce fraud by enforcing conformity across the state, amping up voter ID, restricting drop boxes, and expanding in-person voting among additional election-related overhauls. So let me pause and let's just discuss those again. Okay, so what are they trying to do in Georgia? Are they trying to stop black people or gay people or invalids from voting? What are they actually trying to do? Well, here's what the law is trying to do. They are trying to reduce fraud by conforming across the state. So meaning the state will have policies across the state so cities can't do all sorts of different things. That will hopefully reduce fraud by doing it purely at a state level so that if you're in one city, in Georgia, they don't have punch cards and the other one has this. We're gonna try to do it all across the state. Okay, that sounds that sounds right. That doesn't seem racist or mean or you know demeaning to anyone. Uh, amping up voter ID. Well, it, it seems to me, <laughs> call me an old fashioned racist, but it seems to me that if you're gonna go vote, you should have to show an ID. Oh, I'm Dave and I'm a person that lives in this district and I'm trying to vote for this candidate, as opposed to literally anyone walking in and saying, yes, oh, I live at 10402 Walter Avenue, uh, let me vote. But that's what they're doing. I live in this banana republic of Los Angeles in the, in the psychotic state of California. And when I voted in the presidential election, I told you, I've told you guys this before, I tried to show my guy the ID, the guy that was sitting there. And these people are no wizards, you know, that are running the election things. And he literally was like, no, 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 no. Like he didn't even wanna see it. They just asked me for my name and address. I had actually moved. I'm not even sure I had given them the right address and then you go ahead and do it. I know my neighbor's address and my neighbor's name. I could have literally showed up the next day and voted. So just to be clear, these are not things, having an ID 
a government-issued ID, which you need a government-issued ID to buy beer or to get on a plane or to rent a bicycle. They often want to see your ID. Actually, last time I went mini-golfing to rent the golf club, they wanted to see an ID. I think they held the ID, actually, because they want to make sure you don't steal the golf club. So basically, mini-golf is now more secure than our elections. Uh, so amping up voter ID. Restricting drop boxes. Okay, so they want to have a more controlled amount of drop boxes. This is where people early vote. You know, you get the thing mailed to you at home, and then you can just put it in one of these drop boxes. I would want to know a little bit more about that. Restricting drop boxes, what does that mean? But it sounds like they were very unsecure in the last election, and by restricting the amount of them, perhaps you're able to actually track who's voting and, and the rest of it. Uh, and expanding in-person voting, expanding, not taking away we're gonna expand in-person voting because we want to attach a human being to the vote, right? So that seems good. Among additional election-related overhauls. So again, they keep saying this, and, and just note this. When you watch them talk about election bills on CNN and on MSNBC, and when you read about it, you know, not, not that you wise people are reading about it in the Washington Post or in the New York Times or anything else, but they never tell you what the criticisms are. They just tell you it's racist. They never tell you. Well, they, they don't let, won't let people drink water on the lines if someone wants to bring you water. Well, they don't want people canvassing, saying I'm for X candidate here's some water, will you vote for X candidate? Like, we all know that. And by the way, I'm not opposed to people having water when they're voting and there's a long line, but bring water. Like, we've just outsourced all personal responsibility all the time. All right, let's go back. The bill's provisions add ID requirements for absentee by mail ballots. Okay, so that means if you're gonna do a mail-in ballot, you gotta show some form of ID as opposed to being a random person or a Russian operative who might be mailing in some ballots. When Georgians return their ballots, they will be required to use a form of ID to verify who they are. Racist. Uh, SB 202 also expands in-person voting access with counties allowed to add more hours, including on the weekends, as they saw fit. Okay, so I think you get it. And by the way, this is very, very similar to, I'm talking about Georgia right here, but these types of laws that Psaki's worried about, that in these red states, they're, you know, they did an insurrection and now they don't want anybody to vote fairly and they want to stop black people from voting and blah, blah, blah. It's all pure bullshit. Like that's, it, it's just perfect, pure bullshit. That's exactly what it is. If you can show me, and I will look in the comments today, if you can show me something in one of these bills that is racist or homophobic or bigoted or designed to stop people from voting, more in-person access, showing IDs, expanding to the weekend, these are things that will allow more people to vote and allow us to feel more confident in the voting system. Let's put it this way. You person watching this right now, hello person watching this on YouTube right now, okay? Uh, with your porn tab open, I know what you're doing over there. Let's think about it this way. Do you, God, that was really disturbing to think that people could have a porn tab open while they're watching me, it's very upsetting. Um, not you, I know you're, you're good, decent Americans. Um, do you feel that right now the system is working perfectly? Do you feel totally confident about our state or federal elections or anything else? 
I'm gonna guess the answer is no. And, and oddly, that seems to be something we're all agreeing on. The Democrats seem to think it's very flawed, right? That's why they wanna pass federal mandates. And the Republicans obviously think it's very th uh, flawed because they're not thrilled with the results of the last election and, and whatever else. Oh, I probably just got booted from, from YouTube. Uh, it was nice knowing all of you, rubenreport.locals.com. Anyway, the point is across the board, we all sort of think something's wrong with the election process. So the basic things that we should be able to agree on is that maybe more days, weekends, IDs. So who are the ones trying to stop that and who are the ones trying to push that through? I think I have made my point. Thank you very much. All right, let's talk about the Emmy. So look, Hollywood is just awful. I say that as someone that lives like two minutes from Hollywood. Hollywood itself, I mean, the physical location of Hollywood is an absolute disaster. If you wanna see what a dystopian future looks like, drive to Hollywood sometime and just drive down Hollywood Boulevard and what used to be so great by the Chinese theater. And uh, you know, they were all, well, there's many theaters there. And just like what, what was so cool about Hollywood, you know, the stars, the walk of fame and like all these cool bars and, and comedy clubs and places to listen to like, you know, groundbreaking musicians and awesome clubs and all this stuff. It used to be so awesome. There really was something cool about Hollywood at some point and really for decades probably. Now Hollywood has just become this woke disaster and then because it's here in Los Angeles with these, with our ridiculous progressive mayor, Eric Garcetti, who have, are they sending him to India yet or not? Do we know he's going? All right, so uh, this is fantastic news. Uh, can we confirm that's absolutely official? That is legit? Yeah, it's official. So Eric Garcetti is gonna be our ambassador to India, so we're getting rid of him, which is wonderful. I mean, that's really great. I should've, I should've, we should've had shots on the show today. I should've done a shot right now. Um, well, we're getting rid of him, but anyway, all the, you know, all the policies that these people bring in, it expands the homelessness and the drug use and the tent cities and all that. So Hollywood's really disgusting right now. Uh, actually, my uh, my girl who uh, who does my hair, she lives in Hollywood, and she, great little girl, like totally cool, normal. You know, she lives in a little walk up there with her dog. Like a homeless person, literally was chasing her down the street two weeks ago. Like it's just it's just awful there. Anyway. That's the physical part of Hollywood, but the, uh, the underneath part of Hollywood is the way they run the business. And we all know it's just become this woke, disastrous thing. And it's ironic because, you know, they're really here to make money. And you'd think that an industry like Hollywood or any industry that's here to make money wouldn't want to alienate basically half the country. But that seems to be the route that they're going and wokeism destroys everything. So they Emmys now, which no one watches anymore, right? The ratings go down every year. Can we get a number on that of what the ratings have dropped with the, with the Emmys over the last couple of years? Uh, they are no longer gonna have actor and actress awards. We are going to have a performer. It's gonna be performer, good God help me. Uh, we got some quotes here from Fox News. The Emmy Awards are giving nominees the option to be more gender inclusive with their statues. The Television Academy's Board of Governors announced Monday that it has approved rule changes that will allow nominees an option to request that their nomination certificate and possibly Emmy statuette use the term performer rather than actor or actress. The move answers recent calls from gender non-conforming stars to make the award system less dependent on pronouns and gendered casting. No performer category titled actor or actress has ever had a gender requirement for submissions, the Television Academy wrote on Tuesday via deadline. Now nominees and or winners in any performer category titled actor or actress may request that their nomination certificate and Emmy statuette carry the term performer 
in the place of actor or actress. Look guys, I don't think this story is like the biggest thing. Like this is one where you can just sort of put it aside at the end of the day. You know, sometimes we do some important stuff like voting stuff is important. The critical race theory stuff is important, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is this type of story though that I wanted to do because it just is more evidence that they just destroy everything. Thank you for that, Michael. September 2020, so last year's Emmys were the lowest uh, all time, 6.1 million viewers. I'm actually shocked that it was that high, but you can see what they're doing. They're destroying their own industry. And that was making me think about something. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys either read the book. Uh, I believe the author was Bill Carter, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the author of the book Late Shift, The Late Shift. It was also a made for TV movie on HBO about 20, 25 years ago. And what it was about was uh, the, the, when Johnny Carson left The Tonight Show, and obviously he had been at the helm of The Tonight Show for probably 30 years, something like that, that David Letterman, who was at NBC at the time, really wanted The Tonight Show. And Jay Leno was also subbing in for Johnny Carson all the time, and he really wanted The Tonight Show. And NBC was jockeying, like, what do we do here? They wanted to give it to Leno, uh, but Letterman really wasn't gonna stay. I don't have to get into all the specifics of all that. Obviously, you guys know what happened. Leno uh, got The Tonight Show, and it actually did well in the ratings for 20 years. And in a weird way, I, I never loved Jay Leno, but I sort of miss him now because these people are all such partisan hacks. But Letterman left and then did, I guess, what he called The Late Show on CBS. The reason I mention all this is there's a really great moment in the movie where Letterman is like freaking out because his whole life he wanted the Tonight Show. He wanted The Tonight Show that was hosted by Jack Parr and Johnny Carson and all the great people before that. And his manager, one of his like close confidants, he's like, he's like, Dave, you gotta get over it. You think you're getting the Johnny Carson Tonight Show, but it's damaged goods. It's damaged goods. And that's sort of what all of these awards will now be. We will do everything based on equity and inclusion, and we will say that we have to have, you know, more black trans winners of genderless categories of acting and lighting and all of these things. But the entire thing that they'll all be going for will be damaged goods. It will not be like getting an Emmy when maybe it mattered. I get it, an Emmy in and of itself is not the most important thing in the world. But I used to care about that sort of thing. Like it was fun to watch those things and fun to watch actors you care about and good pieces of art. Like we need art, right? We need music, we need movies and things to capture our imagination and the rest of it. But in essence, the Emmys are now damaged goods. Hollywood is damaged goods. So all of these people that will be like, yes, this is so great. We'll have diversity and equity and inclusion and there won't be actors and actresses. We'll all just be performers. And you know, we'll, and then 70% of the people who win will be black, trans, Latin, X people with a limp and a lazy eye and everything else. And what they will be winning is not really an Emmy at that point. It will be damaged goods. So that's what I think about that. Again, this isn't the most important story, but it's like, all right, let them, the beauty of this is let them destroy their things. Let them destroy their things, and how about the rest of us keep building things? That's, that's my plan. Uh, the third story is an interesting reversal on all of this, because Coca-Cola, uh, they were going fully woke. Now again, I don't think any of these capitalist companies believe in woke. I think they, they're doing it to make more money. It's the ultimate capitalist move. You gotta kind of respect the hustle there. Um, but 
they're suddenly finding out that when you go fully woke, you're probably breaking the law because you're racist. Uh, we've got some quotes here from Reuters. A group of shareholders of Coca-Cola Company threatened legal action against the company's board on Friday unless it ends what they allege are illegal policies that the company adopted in January to promote diversity among outside lawyers. The advocacy group wrote to Coke's board claiming the diversity policy violates the civil rights Rights Act and the American, the Americans with Disabilities Act. So what is it exactly that they were gonna do? The post-millennial lays it out for us. On June 11th, the American Civil Rights Project sent a warning letter to Coca-Cola alleging that the Beverage Corporation's new diversity policy would require contracted law firms to violate anti-discrimination law. The letter asks the recently beleaguered company to either publicly retract the discriminatory outside counsel policies it announced in January or otherwise provide access to the corporate records related to the decision of Coca-Cola's officers and directors to adopt and retain those illegal policies. And this is the key part. The current diversity policy in place at Coca-Cola requires that the company commit that at least 30% of the build associate and partner time will be from diverse attorneys and of such amounts that at least half will be from black attorneys. So now they could be in a lot of trouble. It's not just that drinking Coke will kill you because you're having like, I don't know how many, how many teaspoons of sugar are in a can of Coke, we do this every few months. It's a lot of sugar, you're just putting a lot of sugar. Try some club soda if you need something bubbly. Um, <laughs> putting that aside, um, they were basically saying, yes, we are going to hire, in this case, outside lawyers uh, by the basis of the color of their skin. And at least 50% of them had to be black. At the 30%, I guess you could maybe have some Latinos or something like that. But in essence, we will discriminate against white people. We will discriminate against Asian people. And that is illegal. Okay, so now the board is in a lot of trouble. So the lawyers are gonna have to figure this thing out. And, and this is why you should be hopeful about woke. It is so obviously racist. It is so obviously counter to equality and, account, and, um, and the reverse of all the principles that, that most of us have loved but maybe we forgot that we had to keep fighting for them, but it's so obviously against all of this stuff that eventually, not only will it overstep, which it's doing right now, but then the legal system, I mean, maybe all we got left is the legal system, right? Like, so the legislative system, they're not gonna fix anything. The Democrats are in control of stuff right now, so they're not gonna fix anything. At a state level, we know that, you know, a guy like DeSantis banning critical race theory, that, that's working a little bit. But then, basically, let's get the Democrats and the socialists and the Marxists and the Bernies and the Hamas caucus and all of them, let's get them to defend discrimination because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make us discriminate. I don't want to discriminate against white people. I don't want to discriminate against Asian people or black people or gay people, which reminds me, locals.com slash jobs, we're hiring and I don't give a flying fuck what color you are or what your gender is or what sexuality you are. Do you know how to do the job? Do you work hard? Are you a decent person? You might get a job with us. And we're hiring in Miami right now, so jobs.locals.com. And don't drink Coke anyway, don't drink Coke. We're having a big party here for my 45th on Saturday. We, we got some Coke because you just feel like you should have a Coke at a party, you should have Coca-Cola that is. 
I'm a little old for the rest of that, you know. Uh, but the point is, uh, you know, some people expect it. But I was like, ah, do we really have to have this in the house? But we got a couple cans of Coke. By the way, there are 39 grams of sugar in a 12-ounce Coca-Cola. Really Google what that means. It's an awful lot of sugar. You just don't need that much sugar, people. Uh, in closing, uh, part two of my interview with Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire, whose new book, Speechless, came out yesterday. And from what I understand, it's doing quite well. Uh, that is up on YouTube right now, and the full episode is up five days early and ad-free at rubinreport.locals.com. I will uh, be keeping an eye out for those questions for Trump. So again, if you want to, I will do it. I've never done it before, but if you want to get a question in for Trump, you can submit it at rubinreport.locals.com. All right, we got a busy day over here. Uh, so enjoy your day, everybody, and just keep fighting. Keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting. You keep fighting. Let's see what happens. All right, see ya. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.